Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. What a meltdown by the Philadelphia Eagles. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can listen to us on ESPN Radio. Watch us on ESPN U, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. 32-9, the Bucks beat the Eagles last night. Bills beat the Steelers 31-17, setting up next weekend. Texans and Ravens, Packers at Niners, Bucks at Lions, obviously, and Chiefs at Bills. But the story today With all due respect to the teams that won, which means I'm going to totally disrespect them, the story today, the Philadelphia Eagles, what happened to them over the last seven games of the season, including the playoffs, is enough for everything to be in question. So much so, and I'm not just putting this on this, but it gets worse today when Adam Schefter reports their future Hall of Fame center, Jason Kelsey, is going to retire at 36 years old. This was a meltdown to a point, CC, where this defense could not tackle last night the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, 157 yards after contact for the skill position players for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, it was an absolute embarrassment in terms of what the Philadelphia Eagles did last night on defense. I mean, something so fundamental to the game, like tackling in effort to the football, that's table stakes, Smalls. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we should be talking about, especially after a playoff game when it's winner go home. But the lack of urgency, the lack of effort in that regard, coupled with the fact that there was no clear plan on the offensive side of the ball to deal with the blitz or to be successful on third down, that is a direct reflection on the head coach, and it's an indictment on the job he's done. And that's why I think after what we saw last night, And what we've seen over the last seven games, six of which were losses for the Eagles, it is on the board that Nick Sirianni doesn't make it through today as the Eagles head coach. I know that there was no A.J. Brown. I know that Jalen Hurts' finger looked like you took a mallet to it to beat it like a chicken cutlet. But (laughs) those are not excuses for what we've seen over the the past two months, essentially. I mean, you could point to those two things as – major factors in last night, but that doesn't explain what happened on the defensive side of the ball. That doesn't explain, as you mentioned, the lack of urgency. And Nick Sirianni took responsibility for that after the game. He said, it's on me that we were out of sync last night. And with the the caliber of coaches that we have right now out there on the free agent coaching landscape, do you really think that Nick Sirianni is the guy for you if, the, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles? And you should be operating with a sense of urgency because you have Jalen Hurts under this contract. You have a lot of good pieces in place from your Super Bowl run last year. If you don't think he's the guy, you need to go out there and get the guy who you think is. So let's pretend something because this, I think, will put the Sirianni conversation in perspective. Let's pretend Belichick's still the coach of the Pats and Vrabel's still the coach of the Titans and uh, Harbaugh is not going to leave Michigan. Okay, just for argument's sake. Should Sirianni be fired? Yes. So that's the thing. I I think that there are other places, maybe Dallas, but maybe not. But there are other places that we could look at and say, you know, your alternative is really good, better than it's ever been. I don't think with the Eagles and the way in which they collapse that the alternative is as important as the meltdown in this case. 
Because as Jeff Saturday said to us, ESPN NFL analysts in the 7 a.m. Eastern hour, Mike McCarthy had a horrific loss. Now, in the playoffs, you expect that to happen again next year because of his recent playoff success. I get that. His team didn't quit on him. There wasn't a meltdown. It's different. I don't think if Belichick wasn't out there, if Rabel wasn't out there, the screaming and yelling about the Cowboys would be as great. In this case, really? I, I, I don't know. In this case, I think that Sirianni did this to himself here. With the in-season moves, I think this was such a meltdown well, the and only, a collapse. The only reason he had the in-season move is because he didn't have any answers. And I guess that's the biggest problem that I have with Nick Sirianni. He didn't have any answers, and the guys that he leaned on for answers in the past were no longer there. There's, there's no Jonathan Gannon on the defensive side of the ball. There's no Shane Steichen on the offensive side of the ball. And those were his two top lieutenants. They both went to be head coaches at different spots in the NFL. So I think back to when the Eagles started to form an identity under Sirianni, and it was in the 2021 season. They started off that year 3-6. and six. And when Sirianni handed off play-calling duties to Shane Steichen, that's when that offense took off and Jalen Hurts became the player that we know today. Mm -hmm. A guy that was in the MVP conversation a year ago, a guy that finished the regular season this year with 38 total touchdowns. Like To me, there's something to be said for your head coach being able to have answers for you. And it's clear that Jalen Hurts and the guys on the offensive side of the ball, check that, the guys on the team don't believe that their head coach has any answers because they do things that are out of their sports character. Like last night, Jalen Hurts knew that he should have thrown that ball away in the end zone. Instead, he gets an intentional grounding, and it ends up being a safety for the Bucs. That, that's something that we wouldn't typically see Jalen Hurts do, but he's trying to make something out of nothing because he doesn't have any confidence that his coach has any answers for him. They were 0 for 9 on third down, for goodness sakes. I mean, that's, that is absolutely awful. Todd Bowles blitzed 60% of the time in last night's game. And the Eagles had four and a five, four and a half yards per pass attempt on those downs. That's why the Bucs were able to continue to blitz him all night long. Like the head coach didn't have any answers for his quarterback. He doesn't have any answers for his team. The same problems that we saw last night were the same problems that we saw at the beginning of December. And, and so that in and of itself is why you need to move on from Nick Sariani because he can't help this team get out of their own way. Yeah, and I'm not saying that under the circumstances, I don't understand why McCarthy deserves to be fired. I get that. What I'm saying is, I think that most Eagles fans, before they knew Belichick could be an option or Vrabel could be an option, wanted Sirianni gone. I think in the Cowboys conversation, it's let's wait and see what happens before that change. You guys were speculating, hey, if he does, if McCarthy doesn't do well, then this could happen. But there was wait and see. Sirianni, people like Pat and others, our producer Pat Costello, who's an Eagles fan, wanted him out weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah week, four, week four in their overtime win against the Washington Commanders. I remember coming in here the day <laughs> after that and Pat Costello said, I'm over Brian Johnson, I'm over Nick Sirianni, I want them both gone. Yeah. The right, play which, calling so, is absolutely abysmal. That, that, and I'm just like, yo. And we didn't know about the replacements at that point. Yeah, That's right. the point that I'm yeah, making I'm here. I'm just like, yo, this guy just got the job. And Pat was like, no, I've seen enough. Yeah. Like, the, like Brian Johnson ain't it on the OC, for the OC, and Nick Sirianni might not be the coach. And this is coming off of a Super Bowl. He didn't want to give him the benefit of the doubt after the first four weeks of the season. Turns out he was right. Right. And we were wrong. Right. Like, and, and now I think it's clear and obvious to the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, it should be. It should be clear and obvious to Howie Roseman, the general manager, that you need somebody else that's the head coach in order to take advantage of having Jalen Hurts on this contract, in order to take advantage of a core of players that still will allow you to compete at a championship level. Yeah, when you delegate 
responsibilities to two people who are excellent at their jobs and Gannon and in Steichen and then those two things are removed and you can't replicate that or you can't then step in and be the the head of the operation it says a lot right and when we we go through this exercise of oh should we move on from this head coach should we not where whether it was Belichick or Vrabel or Pete Carroll or Mike Tomlin, which is happening right now, or Mike McCarthy. You think, is there a better option out there? When we ask about Mike Tomlin, even though they lost, is there a better option out there than no, Mike Tomlin? No, we no, say no. no. Even with Mike McCarthy, if we say, is there a better option out there? Some people pause because of the success that he's had with Dak and the regular season success. Do we think there's a better option out there than Nick Sirianni right now for the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes, I say that unflinching because and even though they were in the Super Bowl last year, yes. I don't even hesitate. Now, here's the other thing that we got to consider with Philadelphia. Like, they're losing a lot of player leadership in that locker room. Jason Kelsey is going to retire. He told his teammates last night after the loss. I mean, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are both free agents. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Brandon Graham is the longest tenured Philadelphia Eagle. Right now, so I mean, like th- this is a situation now where you're you're gonna have to turn the page in terms of player leadership, and if you don't have strong player leadership in your locker room, then you better make up for it on the coaching side. And I don't get those vibes from Nick Sirianni. So this is an opportunity to bring in somebody that can be a leader of men. I know a lot of people are pointing to Bill Belichick. I'm sure he can do that. Mike Vrabel, I think, can also do that at a really high level, and he's a guy that played and had success, and then coached and had success. So I think either one of those would be good options for Will Philadelphia is right now, and both of them would be upgrades over Nick Sirianni, given their situation. So let's talk about the uh, reality of this situation that is the harsh truth with working in a business like the NFL. My guesstimation, correct me if I'm wrong, is that let's just say they're not sure if they're going to fire Sirianni, okay? Just for argument's sake. I have to assume that Harry, Howie Roseman, general manager, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, are on the phone with Belichick's agent and Vrabel's agent to find out, hey, if we do this, would your guy come in for an interview? Is that correct? Yes. That, that is happening now while Sirianni is employed. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. You, you'd probably want to put out feelers before you make that decision, no? Not necessarily. No. no. Like, like, in this specific case, I don't think I, I don't know no. that this guy is the right guy for the job. Yeah. In other cases, you said something about McCarthy I want to follow up on. Mike McCarthy, you're not going to necessarily find somebody who's better in the regular season than him, but you're going to find somebody who's better in the postseason. I think in the case of Sirianni, what you're looking at is you could envision somebody who's never done this. Let's just say Ben Johnson, who's never been a head coach, Lions offensive coordinator. I can envision him having more success than Nick Both. Sirianni did this yeah, year. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's the difference, right? So I don't know that they actually would make the move thinking, okay, we know the solution to the problem. I think that the, the problem is just like he's got to go, and that is the solution. Right? In, in the case of Yeah, to me, there's no question in my mind. Like, he's got to go, and they've got to turn the page. And here's the thing, man. Like, you got enough to get it done. You've got Jalen Hurts. When he's fully healthy, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in all of football. And he could you're, be the leader, right? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the leadership going. He's I'm gonna, okay he's with gonna, him as the he's, face. He's going to be a leader. Yeah, he yeah. can be a face, but you're still losing a lot of player leadership, which is why I think you have to, you have to compensate on the head coaching side. But, again, Jalen Hurts, who's dynamic threat at quarterback, You've got a really good offensive line, even with Jason Kelsey stepping down. They drafted his replacement, Cam Jurgens, a couple of years ago. You've got a good receiving tandem in A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith. And then on the defensive side, you're going to have a pretty good front seven. You get Kobe Dean back healthy. you got Jalen Carter. you got Jordan Davis. you got some, some pass rushers and Josh Sweat and Nolan Smith, who was a first-round pick. You've got pieces. This, this team is, 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 again, 
It's one good free agency cycle, one good draft away from being right back where they were a year ago, which is in the Super Bowl. You just got to make sure you nail the head coaching hire. And and that's why I think it, it, you got to make sure you get the head coach right, which is why I think they need to fire Nick Sirianni and nail the head coaching hire. Let me say it that way. Because right now Nick Sirianni is still the head coach, and I'll give him that respect, but he shouldn't be after today. Like tomorrow, they should be talking about firing him and going through their coaching cert because that's how bad the last month and a half of football has been for the Eagles. And don't you think you don't want to be the, this season's version of Brandon Staley where we saw the meltdown and we saw a team that didn't make a move and it didn't pay dividends for them and then they just had to fire him again or fire him this season? Yep. They arrived at the exact same point that they were the last season. I wouldn't want to be the Eagles. I would be looking at that as a warning sign. There are some things that we may just look at and you just brought up the meltdown aspect of it. It's automatic triggers to get fired. You go 0 and 17, you're out. You go 1 and 16, you're out. Like, sorry, I know it's year one of your like that's it's inexcusable. You have that level of meltdown yep. like the Eagles did. It just may be an automatic trigger of, I'm sorry, that actually negated the Super Bowl the year before. Coming up, the Steelers lost to the Bills last night in Buffalo. But something happened after the game that is very unlike a future Hall of Famer. We will get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Buffalo moves on and will host Kansas City. The Steelers' season is at an end. For the final score, the Buffalo Bills 31, the Pittsburgh Steelers 17. We didn't do what was required to win tonight. We didn't take care of the ball. We didn't get the ball from them enough, and thus the score. Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't throw the ball too much, runs the ball, and what happens? Bills win a playoff game 31-17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers last night. We are on Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. But also the story of this game, in addition to Buffalo winning and Pittsburgh losing, was post-game when our very own Brooke Pryor asked what we deemed to be a very fair question of Mike Tomlin, and this is what it sounded like. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. a year left on your contract. Well, you heard Brooke's voice. You didn't hear Tomlin's voice as she asked about the year left on the contract. And Brooke Pryor does a great job covering the Pittsburgh Steelers for ESPN and NFL Nation. And she joins us now. Brooke, what happened last night? <laughs> uh, 
well, I did my job. I tried to ask a question and I did not get an answer. And um, unfortunately, that is the job sometimes. Sometimes you have to stand in the pocket as pressure is coming and try to make the throw knowing that you are about to get drilled and driven into the turf. And that's very much what happened last night. Brooke, how surprised were you from Mike Tomlin's reaction when you asked him that question about his future as head coach in Pittsburgh? You know, I, I was surprised because I've, I've been covering Mike Tomlin for five years. He's never once walked off the podium instead of answering a question or even I didn't even get a chance to finish asking the question. Um, I think that that is what caught me off guard and frankly was very disappointing Um I understand that it's a tough situation, right, after a loss, after a playoff loss. But the reality is what went wrong in that game isn't the story. The story is what happens next. Um, And so that's why I waited until the very last question. There had been a long pause, a call for last questions, another pause, and it was kind of like, all right, now's the time to ask. And quite honestly, what I – started asking the question I hadn't made up my mind if I was going to finish that by saying do you anticipate being the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach in 2024 or if my question was going to be you have a year left on your contract what's the next step in evaluating your future I've covered Mike Tomlin long enough to know that he doesn't that if there's a yes or no question he's going to give you a yes or no answer and so I I like to think that in the moment I would have finished that by giving him something open-ended that he can take in any direction and could have innocuously said, I'm going to meet with my family and Art Rooney as I do every year, and I'll discuss it with you later this week. And so that he didn't give me a chance to finish asking the question and that he didn't give it an answer and walked off was disappointing, to say the least. Brooke, what have you been hearing about Mike Tomlin and his desire to return to coaching or not return to coaching that would prompt you to make that statement and want to ask the question? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it stems from reporting that we've heard over the last couple weeks from NFL insiders. I mean, our own Adam Schefter brought up that, yes, after the season, he is going to evaluate or is likely to evaluate with his family, with Art Rooney, where he goes from here. Um Jay Glazer on Fox, who is incredibly close to Mike Tomlin, has also floated the idea that perhaps he would consider walking away. And when you hear things like that, to me, the best thing you can do is ask the question head on. I'm, I'm, I don't want to deal with the speculation, so I'm going to go straight to the source. Um, but I can tell you that as someone who has been around the last couple of years following Ben Roethlisberger, I was there at the end of Ben's career. I've seen the transition. The coach that I've seen at the beginning of training camp every year is eager to get started to, as he says, dunk the mouth guard in the hot water and, you know, get, get it fitted for your teeth. Like he's ready to coach. He's fired up. He loves this job. But in that moment, I was wondering, does the toll of this season and the toll of the last two seasons combined, what does that do when you want to evaluate your future? He's not at an age like Bill Belichick where he, well, Bill Belichick didn't retire, but he's not at an age like Nick Saban say he's 20 years younger there's still a lot left that he can do in his career if he wants to he can stay in Pittsburgh the Steelers are not firing Mike Tomlin and so I think the ball is very much in his court and when the ball's in his court I'm gonna ask the question talk with Brooke Pryor ESPN Steelers reporter here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance what specifically would you look at as the reason if Mike Tomlin walks away what would be that reason 
You know, I think it has more to do with the state of the NFL and maybe where the Steelers are as a whole than him feeling like he's not a good coach anymore because that's absolutely not the case. He is one of the best coaches in the NFL, a a top three coach to me. Um, I think, though, that there have been things that have popped up in the locker room and among the players over the last couple of years that have changed the dynamic of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Throughout this season, we heard guys talk about, you know, trying to maintain the Steeler way or not having the same leadership leadership structure on the offense. I mean, the George Pickens stuff throughout this year, the lack of effort that he showed, trying to manage his personality and his attitude. And then we have Najee Harris, who told me after the game last night that he doesn't think there needs to be coaching changes. He said this is not a coaching thing, but there needs to be rules that are changed that give the Steelers more discipline and structure. And when I hear that, and I know that Mike Tomlin is a guy that wants to lead with discipline and structure, but a lot of that is on the players to maintain the standard that he's setting. If he's doing everything that he knows has been effective in the past, and it's not, it's not having the same impact on the locker room now, to me, that's something that would make me want to think, do I need to step back for a minute, reset, and then give it another go? If, if Mike Tomlin were to make that decision, I think that would have a huge factor in it. Brooke, just curious, does the organization have a sense of the timeline that Mike Tomlin is going to be on in terms of when he'll make his decision about his future coaching? You know, I would think it would be in the next week or two. Um, this is the time when they go back and they do evaluate and we're we don't have a time on the schedule yet of when we're going to talk to Mike Tomlin. I would anticipate that that will probably be Wednesday or Thursday. I'm headed back to Pittsburgh now from Buffalo for locker room cleanout. Um, and then in the next couple of weeks, Art Rooney, the second team president, will will talk to local media. And that's kind of when they give the debrief and give you an idea of what happened in the season, what the future is going forward. So I would anticipate it would be relatively soon because the other thing is, They've got to hire an offensive coordinator. That's still a job that they have to fill. And as more seasons end and more staff changes are happening, those interviews are going to start happening. Those hirings are going to start happening. So the Steelers don't want to get behind in that hiring cycle. And that, But Tomlin, though, is the most important thing that, that has to be resolved. But he is under contract for another year. And so it could be as simple as Mike saying, hey, I still want to be here. And Art saying, great, let's work on the extension and get that done. Brooke, another important thing that will need to be figured out is the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How do you think they'll approach that this offseason? You know, the Steelers are an incredibly patient organization. I do think, though, that they've got a decision to make, although Mason Rudolph might make that decision for them um, and pursue a job elsewhere if the money is better somewhere else because he played very well in his last four starts. He did throw the interception last night in the end zone, but I was really impressed with the poise that he showed throughout that game, throughout those three start or four starts. But Kenny Pickett's still their first-round pick, and because they have to hire an offensive coordinator, I don't think they're going to move on from Kenny Pickett. I think they still want to give their first-round pick a chance to show, hey, this is why you drafted me in the first round. Um, but Mason Rudolph has played really well. I think that he has at least earned himself a shot to be in the conversation to compete with Kenny Pickett, but I think the Steelers really want Pickett to be that guy because also 
a younger quarterback is a cheaper quarterback right now, and that's also why, hey, maybe they go out in the draft and get somebody in the second through fifth round or so to add it and kind of see if they need to start thinking of, of contingency plans for Pickett. Brooke, great job. Thank you so much for the help. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right, there's Brooke Pryor, ESPN uh, Sports, uh, NFL Nation, excuse me, reporter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny there. Pickett has proven that he's not that guy. Yeah, he's going to be on the team, but maybe not <laughs> the uh, starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Mac sure. Jones might be on the New England Patriots. That don't mean he's the guy. <laughs> Oh, no, that means he's not the guy. Yeah, I'm going to confirm that. Mac Jones is not the guy. Uh, that, that is for sure. Now, the Steelers lost. Weird end, obviously, not a collapse. We'll open it up to you guys at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bigger collapse, end of season, Cowboys or Eagles. Plus, we got the QB power rankings coming up. But first, CC has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, like Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Canty's NFL Power Rankings. All right, we're going to do a QB version of this, and then we'll get your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN. Bigger collapse, the Eagles and the Cowboys. QB power rankings for the remainder of the playoffs. All right, let's get this thing kicked off. Do we have our music? Ah, yes. There it is. You know what time it is. We got the power rankings. This time we're going to run through the quarterbacks that are remaining in the playoffs. So we're going to go eight through one, kicking it off at number eight. Number eight. The Bake Show. Baker Mayfield, first quarterback in Bucks history to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in a postseason game. His 337 passing yards were third most in Buccaneers playoff history, only behind Tom Brady. Team ripped off five wins in their last six games to win the division. During that span, Baker Mayfield had a top 10 passer rating, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, and 1,456 yards passing. Outstanding performance by Baker Mayfield last night. Next. Number seven, Jared Goff, the Detroit Lions tip of the spear for an offense that finished the regular season second in explosive plays. That means plays of 20 yards or more. They were one off of the league leaders in the San Francisco 49ers in that department. Goff against the Rams was a perfect 22 of 22 when pressured, and he led three straight 75 yard touchdown drives to start the game to set the tone, but then also he capped the game in the four-minute offense with two first-down completions, which led to them taking kneel downs in order to seal the victory. Jared Goff, seventh in my playoff quarterback power rankings. Next. Number six. Josh Allen accounted for four of the Bills' touchdowns last night 
three passing, one rushing. He had 74 yards rushing, including a 52-yarder where he deked the Steelers' defenders that he was going to slide, just kept on trucking, ran past everybody. Since Joe Brady took over as the offensive coordinator in Week 11, the Bills have a 7-1 record, and they've run design runs on 47% of their offensive plays, which is the highest rate in the NFL during that span. Less Josh Allen when it, it is more when it comes to the drop-back passing game. Josh Allen is simultaneously the reason why both teams will always be quote-unquote in the game. (laughs) Just saying. Next. Number five. Jordan Love, 99.3 QBR in his playoff debut against the Cowboys, which was on the road on Sunday in Jerry's World. Only four quarterbacks have had a QBR of over 90 in postseason games. Tom Brady, Josh Allen, C.J. Stroud, and Jordan Love. That's how good Jordan Love was since week 11 he has the best QBR in football, 21 touchdowns to only one interception. 21. He's the reason why the Green Bay Packers are a live dog going out to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers on Sun- on Saturday night. Jordan Love is absolutely phenomenal, leading the youngest playoff roster since 1974. That's how good Jordan Love has been. Next. Number four. Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy's got a little bit of show and prove when it comes to primetime games. He's 3-2 and two in primetime games this season, 9-2 and two in all other games. you got to see Brock Purdy do it when the stage is the brightest. Now, we saw him in the playoffs last year. He played relatively well, saved that game in Philadelphia Conference Championship game. But Brock Purdy, with the full cast that, that's around him, with George Kittle healthy, with Christian McCaffrey healthy, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, this is his time to shine and his time to validate the vote of confidence that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch gave him at the beginning of this year when they shipped Trey Lance off to the Dallas Cowboys. So Brock Purdy is fourth on my playoff quarterback power rankings. Next. Number three. C.J. Stroud, the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game in NFL history. Over 250 yards passing, three touchdowns in that game against the Browns. Supposed to be the number one defense in the NFL. Sure didn't look like it. I mean, he shredded those dudes. And he could have easily thrown for over 300 yards and five touchdowns had it not been for Dalton Schultz dropping one of them. And then just slightly overthrowing Nico Collins on another deep shot. But C.J. Stroud was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, there was no point in that game where it was ever in doubt, and that's just how good CJ was. Next. Number two. Lamar Jackson on the verge of winning his second MVP. It should be his second unanimous MVP. Smalls, I would contend that no player controls the game like Lamar Jackson controls a game. It's LeBron James-esque. And you can't just look at the stats to quantify how good he is, although the stats were pretty damn good against the Miami Dolphins team when they got him in December. He also demolished the San Francisco 49ers defense when they played him on Christmas night. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson has been at his best when his best has been required. His competitive greatness is why I've got him as my second-best quarterback in the playoff quarterback power rankings. But there can only be one number one. Number one. That would be one Patrick Mahomes. What's understood ain't got to be said. It's just that his receivers actually caught the ball on Saturday night against the Miami Dolphins, which is strange because it was the fourth coldest game in NFL history, and you would think that would make it harder, not easier to catch passes. But Rishi Rice and the other receivers hauled in some passes. Travis Kelsey had a really bad drop in the red zone, but I'm just going to gloss over that just because it was such a resounding win over a double-digit win team that they had rolling in there. But that is the list. Pat Mahomes checking in at number one in the playoff Quarterback power rankings followed by Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud at three, Brock Purdy four, 
Jordan Love, five. Josh Allen checking in at six. Seven, Jared Goff, and eight, Baker Mayfield. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections and any omissions as far as information? No, I, I think it's amazing that Baker Mayfield is last on this list after the performance he had yesterday, but I think that's maybe more of an indictment on the Eagles secondary that he was able to put over, up over 330 yards and three touchdowns. But one thing that pops out is the young guys on this list. Jordan Love, 25, Brock Purdy, 24, and C.J. Stroud, 22, all in the top five. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the league is in good hands in terms of the changing of the guard when it with the quarterback hierarchy. Like, I, I think all of those guys – you know, can contend for spots in the top 10 going into 2024 at the position. That's how good they all are. John in Ohio, listening on 1410 ESPN in Ohio. What's up, John? Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I'm an Eagles fan. I think our collapse was the uh, the biggest. Um, you know, we've seen it coming. I've seen it coming. I watched all their games. And uh, we need to make some changes. We need to get more athletic on defense. We need to get more athletic at linebacker. And uh, we need playmakers, so... I think uh, that'll be a question going forward. I don't know if Nick Sirianni is going to be fired. I don't know who we would have to replace him per se, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, the guys to replace him are better than they've ever been in the history of the sport in terms of available head coaches that you actually have to ask no permission to interview. (laughs) Think about that. You have to go through no one to get to Belichick. You have to go through no (laughs) one to get to Vrabel right now. You have to go through no one to get to Harbaugh, right? Harbaugh is an employed coach, but not by an NFL team. Those are three elite-level coaches. Now, if you want to talk to Tomlin, hypothetically, well, you're going to need permission that the Steelers have no reason to give you. But you get the point. That's where this whole Sirianni thing, he's done this to himself, this team fell apart, and the candidates are ridiculous right now across the league. Uh, Johnny in Virginia Beach listening on 94.1. What's up, Johnny? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. I appreciate it. Morning. What's up? Um, I kind of have a few thoughts about the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. They have a great team on both sides of the ball, and Tomlin's a fantastic coach. Um, there's a lot of options out there for offensive coordinator and quarterback, man. I mean, just in the draft, I think Michael Penix could fall far enough for them to take, maybe Bo Nix. Um, and you got Sam Howell from the Commanders. I think they're probably going to ship him off uh, once they you know, use their second round, uh, the second overall pick because that dude was the, one of the leading leaders in passing yards this season. I think there's chances to upgrade um, – for an offensive coordinator, you could get Daryl Bevel from uh, the Dolphins or the quarterback's coach from the Texans, uh, Jared Johnson, man. I, I think there's a lot of options for them to upgrade on every level there. Well, that is as well-informed a caller as you're ever no going to have in your life. No but, doubt. Uh, well done by you. Now, that all said, I don't agree that when we look at the possibility of Sam Howell or Bo Nix specifically, that we're looking at some massive upgrade over what the Steelers currently have. Right, And I think that's the problem. I think Mike Tomlin, if it's a give me a reason to come back, right? I don't know that those are the guys that are the reasons to come back. Maybe they say, hey, we're going to spend whatever it takes to get Kirk Cousins in here. Different story, right? Maybe he'll Mm -hmm. get excited about that. Or we're going to put in an offer to try to trade for insert quarterback who maybe is in a gray area you know, here. Fine. I don't know that we're going to get you Bo Nix and Sam Howell. Good to go? No, I'm not, actually. I'm going to go take $20 million to go work on a set somewhere. I'm actually not good to go, as a matter of fact. So, And I don't think that they're going to be fooled. Now, if you want to take Bo Nix in the second round, in addition to Kirk Cousins, let's say, okay, fine. I have no issues with that. But that's where... That's, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I, I've thrown this name in a couple of different places. What about Russell Wilson with Pittsburgh? I'm good with that, too, because, again... 
as much as people hate on Russell Wilson, and I'm not one of them, you're not getting Russell Wilson for market value. You're getting him for way below market value. Even if you think right now he's the 20th best quarterback, he's going to be paid what a one-year $10 million deal. And he can outperform his contract, which Easily. is something that you always say. Yeah. Can he? At that number? Wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that number, yeah. That I wasn't number, saying yeah. can't like your name. I was saying like can't. can't. Next word, he. All right, coming up, <laughs> coming up, the unsportsmanlike moments of the day, plus can't he's can't he's best bet next. He can't. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. We will get to the unsportsmanlike moment of the day, but first, Canty's best bet, courtesy of ESPN Bet. All right, we are going to the association, but before I give out my best bet, I'm just going to encourage all of our listeners and the people watching at home on ESPNU to fade my best bet because I've been so cold. When it comes to my best bet, we ain't got a best bet right in 2024. So I've been ice cold. (laughs) So my suggestion is to you, fade my best bet. That way you can come away with a winner. So fade it. I will say this, though. It's your first best bet that you've done wearing shades. That is true. So maybe I can be, maybe I can, maybe this is a slump buster wearing. Maybe. Wearing the lokes, wearing 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 the shades. Okay, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're on to something. I like it. All right, so we're going to the association. We're going to go Nuggets visiting the Philadelphia 76ers. Now the Sixers are in the second game of a back-to-back, and Embiid had 41 against the Rockets last night. The Nuggets ain't played since Sunday, so I'm going to go 
with the Nuggets getting three and a half points on the road. And I'm going to take Jokic to have a triple-double. Now, he's got 29 triple-doubles in 40 games played. So, I'm going to go with Jokic with the triple-double. And I'm going to go with the Nuggets getting three and a half points in tonight's matchup against the Sixers. That pays out at plus 337. Now, my disclaimer was that you should fade it. So, what I'm saying is you need to put together your parlay and go with the Sixers winning by more than three and a half points, and you need to go with Jokic not getting a triple-double. <laughs> Does that make sense? Everybody follow me? There we go. That's my play of the night. Best bet. Let's go. All right, time for the unsportsmanlike moments of the day. So last night, obviously, we had NFL playoff games, two of them, um, but we also had the Emmys last night. And Rob McElhaney, if I'm saying that name right, I think I am, always sunny in Philadelphia, um, star, and uh, he's a huge Philadelphia sports fan, huge Eagles fan. He tweeted out a picture of himself at the Emmys. Now, they ultimately won an Emmy, but he was not thrilled. And he was with his co-stars last night. And he tweeted out a picture about the idea of who scheduled this, who scheduled uh, the Emmys the same night as the Eagles. And it's him watching the Eagles game on his phone at the Emmys last night. I feel like if you haven't done that as a sports fan, something's off. A I remember, oh something. my God, yeah. a couple of years ago, Heat Celtics Eastern Conference Finals Game 6. I was at, at a wedding in May, and I, I literally told the person who was getting married, I said, listen, like, you know, I hope you have an amazing day. I'm going to be sitting at the table watching the Heat Celtics. I'm sorry. Like, you're going to have to deal with that with me. Yeah, I was at a 40th birthday party Saturday night in New York City, and I was watching Dolphins Chiefs. Now, of course, this party wasn't my idea. It was somebody in my wife's friend group. But, I mean, I had to be there as arm candy for my wife. So it wasn't one of those that I can opt out of. Yes. But I absolutely had the Peacock app on my phone streaming that. I was absolutely watching it. And you yeah. did the preface. You told everybody beforehand. You said, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. No, I, no, I couldn't do that. But See, I, was I did just, the preface. I was just kind of sneaking away in the corner and nice. just watching it a little bit. But, I mean, once we got to, you know, the third quarter, I realized the game was no longer in doubt. I could actually be engaged at the party. But, you nice. know, the first, first, first three quarters, I was, I was kind of stealing the way to watch the game. It's a known thing in St. Louis that you don't plan weddings in October because the Cardinals are usually in the playoffs. And people will not be paying attention to your wedding. They will be watching Cardinal baseball on their phones. Or a lot of times I've been at fall weddings and they have TVs rolled into the reception so people can watch the playoffs. Can we just make this a general rule of thumb, though? Like once football season kicks off, don't have a wedding plan. Like you don't need to have a wedding in the fall. Like if you want to have a wedding, you know, at an odd time of the year, have it in the winter after the Super Bowl. Don't don't have it between September and the beginning of February. Oh, yes, because those late February weddings are always so beautiful. I mean, people. I mean, listen. People go with a winter wedding. They'll steal it. They'll do President's Day weekend. I mean, people do crazy things. They do. I'm just saying, let's get rid of the fall wedding. Can we make that a, a, an unwritten rule? Like, no, no, no that's fall never wedding. Gonna happen. I love a September wedding. <laughs> it's never going to happen because you're talking about how many months? Four months? Three months? They're not going to just eliminate that altogether. They you should. may be right. Now, what it, Smalls? Should. You uh, famously have many celebrity friends that are not sports fans. So, how do you handle that when you're out with them? Because you watch everything. Are you doing the sneak away? Are you turning down the invite? What are you doing when you're in a Rob McElhaney situation like last night? There have been many a dinners where I have had to do that. Prop my phone up like you did at the 40th birthday party, and I'm watching the game, and my friends find it so annoying. 
They're like, can't you just watch the highlights tomorrow? Like, you're not even present. You're physically here. Oh, you're not present. But no you're way. not present. No and I'm like, yeah, but it's part of my job. And I kind of have to see if something happens. And I have to be locked in. But I also want to hang out with my friends. Because this job is 24-7, 365. Yeah. There is always a game. And there's always something that we need to be locked into. But I can tell you, it's a big point of contention and a lot of relationships in my and life. And here's the thing that people don't understand. Like, you need to have that instant reaction. You need to feel the moment yes. in order to be able to talk about it the next day. So that's why, like, when it comes to NFL games or big NBA games, like, you want to watch them live. You don't want to watch the highlights or you don't want to rewatch the game in the morning before we come in because you want to know what it's like when it's actually happening. Yes. You want to feel that moment. My, friend, my friends call Sunday sports jail. They're like, yeah. oh, Michelle can't come to brunch. She's, She's in, in sports, sports jail. jail. <laughs> <laughs> At least your friends acknowledge that. My parents don't even think I have a real job, so... <laughs> You, you talk about sports. That's not a real job. <laughs> okay, on that very note. Real, um, very so, true. Yeah, I hear you. Very um, hard. <laughs> I mean, I hear you you about are your wearing family. those glasses. Well, he's actually wearing the glasses for eye reasons. Yeah, not for, like, cool I'm wearing factor. the glasses because the lights in the studio are so bright that my eyes are tearing. And you're and wondering they need why. To be adjusted. You're I'm wondering no, why they don't think you have a real job. Wow. Right now doing this show. I'm just saying, what I did that. I did that to somebody in this room, and it's not the two of you. Rob Lorenzo, our digital and social guy over there, was wearing sunglasses indoors once, and I'm like, Rob, like there's a million people here. Take off the glasses. And he's like, You don't know I have an eye issue? And I'm like, uh, I do now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So if Cece's wearing them because of an eye thing, like that's the thing. I'm no longer critiquing people, the indoor sunglass person. Because you never know if they have an I was try- I was trying not to throw somebody under the bus, but the lights in the studio need to be adjusted. This is a problem. Well, it seems like you just did. Okay. Um, <laughs> last night, of course, we had Monday Night Football, Tampa and Philadelphia, of course, for the playoff Super Wild Card Weekend, a game that Tampa won. And on the broadcast uh, for pre-post, Scott Van Pelt had Ryan Clark on. And mm-hmm. Ryan Clark was wearing kind of like a maroon suit, so to speak. Great. And like a tannish undershirt. Yeah. And everyone was thinking the exact same thing. Is Ryan Clark wearing a shirt underneath? And they addressed it last night with SVP and Ryan Clark. The other really important thing, um, Mr. Winfield did not have on a shirt. Ryan Clark I, does. I do have on a shirt, guys. Yeah. I'm not on TV naked. <laughs> he, yeah, when you're in all-pro safety, though, you can come out just nearly butt-ass naked. You, I, you, you, I am you not, actually had a suit on, very handsome. I'm an NFL analyst. <laughs> I can't come out here with my chest open like Lewis Riddick. <laughs> I mean, for those watching on the TV or, or side, or Richard Jefferson. There you yeah. go. Richard Richard Jefferson is a, a notorious offender when it comes to that. I mean, he may like, just go shirtless. Like when you, gets, when there's you, liberty with the buttons. Like I'm surprised that somebody doesn't come into the studio with some ones in there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Richard Richard Jefferson is like one button undone away from being a Chippendale on NBA today. <laughs> it looks good, I will say. But RC RC did look like he wasn't wearing a shirt. So right? the tight, yeah, because it was the, a nude color. Yeah, it was a nude. The color tight sweater. shot you could tell it was a sweater, but yeah. if you had the full shot of the desk, it did give you a little bit of pause. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with the look. Just, just the look. you know, just, you know. And as we hand it off to Graney, by the way, on the TV side, you will see Jason Kelsey. We'll try to pop him up there. He retires today from his uh, from the Super Bowl parade if we have time there. Uh, shout out to Jason Kelsey. We are on to Wednesday. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.